Welcome to the Sherry Group Podcast. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. Yes, welcome to the Sherry Group Podcast. I am Drew Demery, joined by my very patient, faithful, insightful co-host, David <laughs> Sherry. Dave, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. I, I don't know if I've ever been referred to as very patient before, so <laughs> that uh, that made me feel happy. I'm doing Well, you're I'm patient with me, so I appreciate that. No, I, I appreciate you. Looking forward to today. We've got a great guest from a great camp and going to be a fun podcast. Yeah, so today we have with us from Camp Tecumseh YMCA, the Executive Director, Joel Siplinga. Joel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. It's, uh, it's great to, to be here with you guys and excited to chat. Yeah, well, let's just dive into it. I would love to know a little bit about your camp. Can you share with our listeners a bit about Camp Tecumseh and what's going on out there? Sure. So Camp Tecumseh YMCA, we are a, um, an independent YMCA camp in kind of central Indiana, and we're actually coming up pretty close to our 100th uh, anniversary here. So it started in 1924 and I've been an independent camp since uh, since the early 70s. Um, so a little bit unique from a lot of other YMCA camps in that we're not tied to a, an association. We don't have a, a fitness facility uh, connected with us at all. So we're kind of our own entity out here in, in Indiana, one of about 25 or 26 uh, independent uh, YMCA camps in the country. And, you know, we, we're, I'd say, a fairly large uh, YMCA camp. We have overnight camp and day camp, between, uh, about 530 overnight campers every week and about 200 day campers every week during the summer. And then we operate year round as well. And so we serve um, groups and conferences that could be everything from Girl Scouts and Cub Scouts to um, you know, church retreats and, and that sort of thing. But then we also do outdoor education and that's uh, school groups who come in to do environmental education. They do, we do Indiana state history program. And then we do a leadership development uh, program. And, and so it, it's a, you know, I, I'm feel very blessed to, uh, to be here at, at Camp Tecumseh. We've got a, a long history with great, great folks who have come before me. I'm relatively new to, uh, to this position. Um, having stepped into the CEO, um, just uh, just over a year ago now, um, but have kind of been preceded by several great uh, directors before me and, and mentors, and I think that's one of the things that we, we really have benefited from of having some longevity in that leadership and, and people a whole lot smarter than me who have come before and, and set us up in a in a good position to to be successful. Yeah, it's quite the operation out there, and it's also quite the facility. Um, you recently hosted the MAC conference for YMCA professionals, of which I was fortunate enough to attend for a day, and uh, it was just an awesome conference, and it was my first time checking out Camp Tecumseh, and I was pretty impressed. Um, I didn't get to see your programming in use, but I did get to see the facilities in use, and there's a lot going on out there for facilities and site management. Can you tell us a little more about your site and facilities? Yeah, so we have uh, right around 700 acres here, and uh, you know some of it is is more wooded area that uh, we use for programming and hiking. But we have actually, I had to do a um, an insurance uh, listing of all of our our facilities and uh, and structures and between you know, cabins and dining halls and houses and, and sheds and all that. I think we have 102 uh, facilities on, on site, um, which is just a little bit mind boggling to me. And, <laughs> um, and kind of the, the biggies is we have uh, 52 cabins, uh, camper cabins. We have two dining halls currently with one uh, dining hall being uh, built right now to get a number of different um, uh, program buildings and, uh, you know, and then a, a, a maintenance facility. 
as well as we have uh, full-time staff. So we have a fairly large year-round full-time staff. Yeah, so Joel, I would love to talk with you a little bit about the evolution of camp. And you mentioned, I think, 52 cabins. So there's quite a bit of maintenance and development that goes along with having 52 cabins. Um, And I would imagine those cabins have changed over the years and the decades. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that process and how your cabins have changed? And then we can get into why they've changed and developed the way that they have developed. Sure. So, you know, of those, those 52 cabins, pretty much all of our cabins are set up as, as duplex cabins. And, and that design choice or iteration came um, in about 1979 when uh, they kind of replaced what we officially call the chicken coop cabin, kind of the plywood uh, boxes with the, the flaps <laughs> over them. So they replaced the, uh, the chicken coops with these um, log cabins that actually got log cabin kits. Um, delivered on site here. And I think at the time there were probably about 10 cabins uh, of that design. And they decided to go with duplex design cabins with that mindset of it's always cheaper to build two cabins on one slab with a shared wall than two separate uh, cabins. And and that was kind of one of the first design decisions that was made back in, again, the late 70s, early 80s. That I think has really influenced our, our decisions coming forward from those cabins were built in, again, late 70s, early 80s. A couple years later, they actually added bathrooms onto, onto those cabins. Um, and so those ones have, and several of them are still standing and have the cabins either stuck on the front or on the back to, uh, depending on where they could, that could fit with the landscape. The decision to add the bathrooms was made because kind of the camp was moving towards more year-round programming and realizing that Folks who were here in January, like you said, for, for the Mid-American Camp Conference, didn't really want to walk across the, the field to a bathhouse or anything like that. And so um, those cabins were, uh, were retrofitted to add bathrooms to them. And so, again, those were some of the, uh, the initial design decisions that you know, I can't take any credit for, clearly. They were, happened well before me. So you know, we had Dick Marsh as our executive director for a number of years and Dave Reich and Scott Brosman all before me. And, and each of them kind of put their own spin on, on what was important, but kind of built on that to that basic design of a duplex cabin with, uh, with bathrooms uh, attached to them. And, you know, we, we used those cabins for a long time. And then back in about 2004, Camp Tecumseh went through a process of essentially doubling our capacity. And, and so we added a new dining hall. And then with that, we added several new, new cabins. And, uh, and so as they went to design those cabins, there are a lot, of, there are several different uh, kind of decisions that were made. And that's why I would say, you know, for, for us, it was always, what do we want to get out of the cabins before we just build them based on what somebody else is doing or something like that? So that's advice I'd give to any camp directors, like, yeah, visit a lot of camps and check out what they're doing with cabins. But first, you need to decide what's important for you as a, as a camp and not just Oh, that's a cool looking building. Let's uh, let's just duplicate that because what works for Camp Tecumseh might not work for, uh, you know, camp down the road or camp on the other side of the country. Sure. It sounds like you're speaking about function over form here. You're speaking about um, we really need to make sure that cabins are safe and comfortable and clean and functional. Um, do you have any guiding principles when you look at um, building something or are those your guiding principles comfort and safety what what guides your decisions i think it's 
that, but also like how do we program the camp experience and the cabin experience? Because that's it. That's the most important thing of saying, okay, what do we want to happen in the cabin? Not just, you know, the safety is absolutely part of it and, and function and clean, but and we get to that, but like what's the experience we want people to have when they're in a, a cabin? And, and for us, there were a couple of those pieces of one, you know, we have a fairly strong Christian emphasis here at, at Tecumseh. The, the evening devotion time in the summer is really important to us. And so we wanted to design cabins that the kids could all, and the counselors could all sit on the floor together for devotions. And so we didn't want to have bunks sticking out into the middle that were going to obstruct views and things like that. And so we designed them to have kind of an open inside area. Um, so we looked at that and, and we looked at, um, you know, for us, it's really important to have the counselors living in the cabin with the kids and not in a separate room or with a wall between where the counselors are and the kids are for supervision, um, you know, which goes into the safety, but also just, again, for that camaraderie side of it. Um, so summer camp, those were some of the biggies. And then for year-round programming, we also really said we want our cabins to all be very similar, if not identical, for, from the outside eye because we don't want to get into the, well, this group really likes these cabins a whole lot and this group really likes them. It just creates a logistical uh, nightmare to have so many unique cabins and, and setups and that sort of thing for us. Um, whereas if we say, this is our standard cabin, and so if you stay in one village, it's going to be almost the same as if you stay in the other village as far as what the cabin experience is. Interesting. Dave, I'm going to let you ask some questions here. Sorry, I'm hogging all the, all the good stuff. Oh, it's great. It's, it's fun to listen to. I love the idea of letting program drive design. I think that that... Uh, as simple of a concept as that is, I think it's something we miss out on a lot, right? A lot of times we let cost drive design or location drive design, or even trying to build something that's big and pretty and letting program drive design, I think is such a simple, but important piece of, of the whole thing. So let's say that you've got your ideas, right? You, you know that you wanna have room for kids to sit on the floor for that uh, nighttime devotional. You know that you've got, you want the staff to stay in there and, and whatever it is that you've put together. So you've got your list, you've got your idea of what you want. What are the next steps? So we're going to build a new cabin or a new building. What, what are the next steps for you? Yeah, I think for us, um, you know, especially as we look at cabins, but also again, as we're, we're building a new dining hall right now, it's let's, let's look at what we have right now and go through with multiple different groups of people and say, what do you love about this building and what don't you love? Um, and so we did that with um, maintenance. Okay, what, what pieces always break on, on these cabins? You guys are constantly uh, having to having to fix and, and repair. Um, we did this with housekeeping, like what makes these cabins easy to clean? What makes them difficult to clean? What would you say, please never do this again because it's just a nightmare and, and you know we need more of this. I'm doing the same with our, our campers and with our counselors to just going through and, and just, you know, taking pictures or, or jotting down on a, a notepad of this is what they love about it. And this is what they, what they don't. And I always use the example, I, a couple of years ago, I went down to visit Camp Carson and, and Mark uh, Scholar down there, they just built a bunch of brand new cabins and they had done the same thing of, of talking with folks and found out that their campers really love the sound of the screen door slamming at, at night. And they just love that. And so they put screen doors on the new cabins, but the, the campers and staff came back like, no, those are new screen doors. They don't slam. They need to slam when, when you close them. <laughs> That's a great And story. for them, that was really important. You know, for us, screen doors were never a thing. And, you know, we don't have screen doors on it because that wasn't a piece, but I, that's a great example of 
talking to the people who stay in there and who work in there and, and all of those things say, what do you love about uh, what we currently have and what would you change? Um, and doing that and, and let them know at the same time, there are going to have to be decisions. And, and Dave, you mentioned it like there are cost things of obviously if money was no option, you could build whatever we want, but money is a, an object for, uh, for us here at, at camp. And, and so we have to take that into account, but, I think the more of that that you could do ahead of time before you get into the design, because it's a whole lot harder to, to come back when the design's all done and say, also, we want to change everything up. Then, uh, you know, we want to have more beds or we want to have less beds or, you know, whatever it, it might be of doing that brainstorming before you have the design uh, cemented in. Uh, but I think, again, it's, it's using what you already have and taking notes and, and looking at that versus just trying to say, well, let's start with a blank piece of paper and, and drawing it out it just makes it a whole lot more difficult and you miss things. And getting all those stakeholders involved. I love that too. It's, it's their camp, right? So let's, yep. let's get, get them to all contribute. I think that, um, you know, the, the story you share about, about Mark and the slamming screen doors, I think one of the things that I'm assuming you consider when you're building a cabin is tradition, right? And, and what is, what is, is your product? And, our product at camp a lot of times is something you can't necessarily see or touch, but it's the things like the slamming screen door and being able to, to talk about that with other campers who recognize that sound or with your mom or dad or grandparents who came to camp and um, keeping those things alive when you're putting up new buildings is important. Yeah, and I think it's finding that balance between having those, those traditions and that history and then saying, all right, what can we do to, to improve on that? And I use, you know, one little example is the last even 10 years, the number of different upgrades to utilities or to, you know, furnaces and being able to use smart switch, like that can save camp a lot of money and can, uh, can make it uh, more efficient. How can we almost hide those things, right? And so, like, our new cabins have a lot of great, great features, but nobody really sees them other than housekeeping and maintenance because they're the ones who use them. When people walk in, it's like, oh, this looks just like uh, like a cabin that's looked for the last 15 years, and they don't know that there's a you know, uh, network switch in the closet so it can control all of this, this thing. And, you know, hiding that, uh, you know, for us, technology is not something that we have out there in front of campers a whole lot. It's, you know, again, a conscious decision that we've made, but it's how do we use those technologies and those new things to benefit camp, but let it operate in the background and not on the forefront. That's awesome. I want to dive into that just a little bit more. Some of the things that make your cabins uh, unique, because I think that there are a lot of smart ideas there for other camps to pick up on. But first, let's take a quick break here and we'll hear from our sponsor, the Sherry Group. The Sherry Group LLC is a proud supporter of summer camps and nonprofits nationwide, specializing in operations fundraising, and executive coaching. Contact The Sherry Group today at www.thesherrygroupllc.com. Thank you. All righty, we are back with the podcast. This is The Sherry Group Podcast. I am Drew Demery, joined with my co-host, David Sherry. And today we have with us Joel Seplinga from Camp Tecumseh, YMCA. And uh, Joel, we were just talking about in cabins, how you have some unique features um, that are kind of in the background so that the experience can be in the foreground. Um, can you just walk us through some of the unique things about like your cabins? 
So, you know, one of the design design decisions that we made kind of early on was particularly for, for housekeeping, you know, having to go through and, and vacuum because all of our cabinets in the, the bunk area are carpeted. So there's a lot of, of vacuuming that, uh, that has to take place between groups and that sort of thing. And so our staff, uh, our maintenance staff actually designed it so our bunks hang from the rafters. Um, and so there's nothing touching the ground in the, in the cabin. And so it's easier to get vacuums underneath there. So it's also easier to store, you know, trunks and, uh, you know, bags and suitcases underneath the, the bunks there. Um, so, again, it had to be designed so that the rafters could hold that to the added weight of, of people sleeping on them and, and things like that. But it just makes for a cleaner experience and an easier uh, job for, for the housekeeping staff to be able to get through and, and clean up between groups. Um, so that was definitely one of the, the big design decisions that uh, we kind of went with with all of our uh, our cabins starting in um, again about 2004 when we started changing up the the cabins we started hanging them all from the from the rafters um, you know I think to backtrack a little bit one of the other really key design decisions that was was made and that we continue is our cabins are very you know they're nice they're comfortable but they're pretty simple uh, buildings um, and we don't put a lot of money into making these big like you walk in, you don't walk into the cabin and say, wow, that's just the most amazing building I've ever been in. It's a cabin. It's for sleeping. It has to be comfortable and useful, but we kind of save those big attention-grabbing design pieces for our dining hall and for our activities that where more people are, are congregated. So that helps us, too, with to save some money on, on the process and, and really, again, to focus on what's important for, for this building. Wonderful. Uh, you know, there's also, I think, a unique kind of a back-end feature that um, serves your house, your house cleaning staff or, or other staff members pretty well. And that like, you've got a master switch to turn things off, right? They're not going through the breaker box. I've, I've, didn't you talk about that a little bit at, yeah. at Mac? So that was, was, again, one of the things with our, so we built our most recent cabins in, in 2020 and, um, and before in our kind of utility room where the water or the uh, water heater and, and all that are, there were a bunch of different switches that had to be uh, turned off to turn off the cabin. And, um, so working with our, our maintenance staff to look at that, to the design and end up just doing one master switch. And so as housekeeping is coming into it to close it down or, you know, program staff is closed down. One switch turns off all the lights in the building, the uh, hot water heaters, um, the, the outside lights, all of those things are all turned off with one switch that's clearly marked um, as, as master switch. And so it's easy to turn the, the building on and off. Um, and then, you know, some previous design decisions made that possible so we didn't ruin the, uh, the cabins. And, um, and so we actually have, with the, the duplex cabins, the bathrooms are at the middle of the, the building. So the bathrooms um, share a wall between the other bathroom on the other side. And so all the plumbing's at the middle of the building. Um, one, it saves money on not having to run plumbing out to the outside of the building. It's all running into one place. And two, we then have heat panels in those, uh, those bathrooms. So if we turn off all of the rest of the, uh, the utilities, those heat panels are on a separate circuit. And so we don't get frozen pipes if we turn down the, you know, turn off the master switch. And, you know, again, it's things like that of how do we look ahead and say, we could just shut down the whole building and kill the breaker box. But then on a date like today where it's snowing and freezing out here in, in Indiana, we're going to be pretty disappointed when we come back to the cabins and we have frozen pipes or something like that. And, so keeping all of that on the inside and having that on a separate circuit has, has served as well. That's awesome. That's a, yeah, that is awesome. What a great idea. Great way to save save money and uh, and being able to shut down the rest of the cabin. 
yet functional, right? I, that's I, I kind of love the, the message through this whole thing is just really intentionality is what I'm hearing. Just getting the people that uh, that use these cabins and maintain these cabins involved and being very intentional in your design. Absolutely. I think one of the things we've also been blessed with is the majority of our cabins are built in-house. So our maintenance staff are, are the ones constructing all of this. We, I, I tell everybody, we subcontract out the cement slab and the shingles and everything in between our staff do, um, which you know, has it enabled us to, again, save money on the, on the process, but also they're able to make little tweaks as they go along, as opposed to when you, when you contract out a big project, once it's done, it's kind of hard to, to make changes and decisions. But um, if our guys are the ones who are building it, we can make little tweaks here and there. And then if something doesn't work, they know exactly how that piece was put together, or what, uh, you know, how the plumbing was set up so that it's easier to, to maintain as well. That's great. So in the evolution of your camp, where do you go from here? You know, you want to continue to improve. Certainly you'll renovate some cabins in the future. Do you have any ideas or advice for camps that are moving forward with renovating? Yeah, I think again, it, it starts and ends with like, how are you intentional with, with that? Uh, you know, in the space that you use, are you gonna use this space for, for something down the road? And you can only predict so far that like, I'm not gonna be able to say, oh, I know in a hundred years, they're never gonna use this space for anything else. And, and sometimes you kind of get tied up with that of, what if in 20 years we don't like this design or, or something? And you have to take that into account, but not just get bogged down by it too much because you just can't, you know, who could have predicted the last two years of what was going to happen there? You know, nobody. And so it's, it's kind of weighing that, looking towards the future, but not being bogged down with, I don't know what the future looks like. Um, so I think that's an important piece, just an, an overall site plan and, and design. I think too of, of, again, figuring out, are you building this for summer camp? Are you building this for year round? Are you building it for both? And then when it comes down to it, it, it sounds a little bit crass, but who wins in that to the argument, right? So again, we're, we're a year-round operation. We serve people all year round. So all of our buildings, we designed to say, it needs to be able to be used year-round, but when push comes to shove, summer camp is our bread and butter. And so if it's an A or B, we're gonna go with, uh, with what serves uh, summer camp best in, in that. And, you know, and, and you have to do that in a way that doesn't make folks who come to outdoor education feel like they're less than or, you know, the outdoor education program feel like they're less than summer camp. It's just in the end, you have to make a decision and you have to make the decision for what, uh, you know, what it's going to get used most for and, and where the focus of your program is, whether that's budget wise, mission wise, um, all of the above. That's how you have to, to make those decisions. Wonderful. Dave, um, I think we got time for maybe a question or two left. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I'd love to hear about your dining hall. Um, I'm assuming that you've applied a lot of the same thought process in the designing the dining hall as you do a cabin, but can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we are, uh, we're in the process of building a new dining hall to replace actually the building I'm sitting in now that was built in 1924 has operated as our dining hall since then. And I, the phrase I like to use is we've about loved it to pieces and that's uh, so time to, uh, or something for the next hundred years. Um, you know, we're fortunate in that we built a new dining hall in 2004 at our other village. And so it was very much that same process of going through with different uh, stakeholders and saying, all right, let's walk through every bit of this and what do we love and what do we not love about, about this building? Um, 
And, and so this is, it, I'm very excited about they're actually setting trusses outside my window right now for, for the building. So it's, it's exciting to see it finally coming to fruition, but it was a long time of, of design iteration and changing of, you know, we, we kind of started with the, uh, the one dining hall and said, all right, we know it needs to be bigger than that. So let's expand it bigger. But again, what, what else do we need for, uh, for now and for the future? And so we added in more meeting rooms because for our year round programming, meeting rooms are at a premium. How do we, how do we have small group breakout sessions and that sort of thing? So we added in some meeting rooms and, you know, we, we've made some design decisions that said, this looks great, but it's just impossible to, to clean. So how do we, how do we still bring that cool look or that so that eye-catching look, but make it more functional uh, down the road? And every camp that you talk to will probably say one of their facility challenges is storage. And so how do we build in storage? Storage is not an exciting thing to build into a, a building. It's still square footage that costs money. But as we looked at it, it said that's important for what we want to accomplish with our programs is being able to put the tables and chairs out of sight when we need to. So that if we want to host some nicer events or, you know, we've got a group that isn't using all of it, we can put that away. Also, it saves on the wear and tear of those tables and chairs. And then two, thinking through of, you know, for cabins and for this, a little bit of that future proofing of, you know, any, any designer will tell you it's a whole lot easier to put it in conduit now that you don't know what you're going to use it for than to have to dig up the, the ground later. And so, um, you know, I'll share for our new cabins. We don't have, none of our cabins have air conditioning. And again, that's been a, a conscious decision for you know, a variety of reasons. But for these new cabins, we actually put in conduit. So if down the road we decide we need to add air conditioning, we can run those lines right into the, the furnaces and not have to, to dig things up. And you know, same thing in the new dining hall. Um, we've got a couple of spots where I've just got conduits that are popping into the attic and into, uh, into the ground. It's like, I don't know what we're gonna use that for, but the person who sits in my chair in 25 years might thank me for, for putting those conduits in. I would imagine we have a lot of listeners, a lot of camps out there who have not been in a situation to build new cabins or new dining halls who maybe now are starting to approach that, but they can't, you know, they can go back and look at the cabins they've had for the last 50 years or however long they've been there and, and their current dining hall and ask those questions. What do we love? What do we not love? But if you don't have a history of construction and building and been able to uh, try new things as you go, where do you go for that? One of the areas in you know, design for, for buildings, and, and quite frankly, in a lot of areas I think camps get stuck on, is we only look at other camps for inspiration. And, and I think that's, a, that's an area where we sell ourselves short. Of We can get inspiration for some of these things from a lot of different areas. And again, my, you know, Two before me, uh, predecessor Dave Wright was kind of notorious for anytime he'd go on vacation, he had you know a camera full of, uh, of pictures that he took at Bass Pro Shop. He's like, oh, that's a great, great design, or at the hotel that they stayed at, or whatever it is. Of saying, look, we can get inspiration from a lot of different places, not just our own camp or other camps. And uh, and so I think that's one piece of that of, of not limiting ourselves to saying, well. I can only look at other camps or I can only look at other YMCA camps, but what are other places? You know, what do you love at the hotel that you walk into? Several years ago, we got a new housekeeping director after a uh, previous one for years and years had retired. And um, she had been here for just a couple of months. And, and she said, one of the things that, what's the first thing you notice when you walk into a new room? And so everybody's shining. It's like the smell, 
you notice what you smell when you walk in because that's one of the first senses that uh, that comes to you and so how do we you know make sure that the smell that people have when they walk into each of the rooms is a pleasant one or a consistent one across the the board and and so again it's, it's coming from different uh, different ideas of like when you walk into a hotel room what's the first thing that you notice what's the, what's the thing that you you don't uh, appreciate that and I don't know a single camp professional that if you call them up and say, hey, can I come and walk through your dining hall to get some information would say no to you, right? I think everybody would would say, absolutely, come and, you know, let me show you what doesn't work about this. I think <laughs> camp people are great about that. You know, most, most places are like, oh, let me show you all the wonderful things. But camp people are like, look, this that we designed here, it does not work. Don't put one of those in. Or this is the best thing that we've done, but I've changed this. I think camp people are just really good and, and honest about that. And so... You know, going out to uh, to talk to other people is, is important. And um, again, I think it's it's really valuable to get input from your camp and and, and that sort of thing. But like Dave said, if you don't have a, a good place to start from, look at other camps, see what they're doing, and then come back together and debrief with with the people you go to. I, I would encourage you don't just go by yourself to to view these these uh, different camps. Go with somebody else from your camp walk around together, whether it's a board member or a staff or, you know, whoever it might be, walk around. And then on your way back, that's when you can debrief and say, all right, that was awesome. Would that work for us? No, it, it probably wouldn't for X, Y, or yes, that would definitely work, but this is how I would, that would change. It. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of great advice. And again, it all comes back to designing, letting program drive design and being very intentional and, input from stakeholders and i just I, I love the whole message you did great advice today joel thank you yeah absolutely thank you yeah joel thanks for joining us today our guest today has been joel siplinga from camp tecumseh ymca the ceo the recent ceo out there congratulations man that's a that's a great journey to be on thank you a, a, a side note if we've got a time of i've known Dave Sherry longer than I've known uh, Camp Tecumseh. Fun, uh, fun fact of I met Dave Sherry at the Mid American Camp Conference when he was in charge of the Rising Stars, and I was a, a college student and uh, got to know Dave through that. And that's uh, actually at that uh, Mid American Camp Conference how I was connected to Camp Tecumseh. So I appreciate Dave's uh, you know input on my my career as well. Well, that, that uh, that's a two way street. I've I've really appreciated you over the years, and I believe that was the first year of the Rising Star program at uh, I think Sherman it was. Lakes Sherman Lake YMCA camp. Yeah, yep. yep, absolutely. I love it. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. My name is Drew Demery, joined with David Sherry. This has been the Sherry Group podcast, and we will see you next time. This has been the Sherry Group Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day.